All right. So the whole sheepdog thing was an extract out of my book on combat. On combat, Marine Corps Commandant's required reading issued in the DEA Academy, issued at the Marshals Academy. And uh, uh, we, we took the material on the sheep, the wolf, and the sheepdog, which has become viral, turned it into a kid's book. It's a sheepdog kid's book. And it's really had an impact. It's just touched so many lives about we don't want to raise wolves, we don't want to raise sheep, we want to raise a generation of sheepdogs who are protecting. And it, it's primarily about military and law enforcement sheepdogs. It's got the original sheepdog essay in the back which is the older kids from five to 95 people are rocked by this book and the essay is back and people have trouble reading it without choking up. But, you know, I speak at the NRA every year. I speak to civilian groups. They said, Dave, what about a civilian sheepdogs? And so we, we wrote the book, why mommy carries a gun. If anybody in the family, mom or dad, grandma, grandpa going to carry a gun. Here's what we want the kids to know. Find a gun, stop, don't touch, get an adult, Ford Universal Gun Safety Laws, Second Amendment, our heritage. And in particular, it's got great illustrations. And in particular, it's got, uh, uh, it's got uh, famous sheepdogs throughout our history. It, it's so much fun. The fam Everybody has a page, the Minutemen, Davy Crockett, Harriet Tubman, always carried a gun. Lifelong Republican, always had a gun. Wyatt Earp, Annie Oakley, uh, Sergeant York, Alvin York, he's a Yorkie in the book, a fierce little Yorkie with a 1911 in its hand. There's hidden verses in Revelation 1911 is on the side of his pistol. Audie Murphy, Eleanor Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt carried a gun for her entire lifetime. Uh, uh, she had a pistol permit and she drove herself around in the 1950s uh, uh, speaking and presenting on civil liberties, and one of which was the right to keep mere arms, which she cherished and exercised for her whole lifetime. So great stuff in the book, uh, Why Mommy Carries a Gun, the Sheepdog Kids books, and uh, and it'll explain it there and help you understand what it's all about, what we do. We are the sheepdogs, we are the protectors. We have been placed on this earth to protect the flock and to uh, and to protect our, our fellow citizens. And uh, taking away the guns is not going to empower the sheepdogs, it is gonna empower the wolves. Mm. Boy, that's- Armed that's... and trained and ready. That's so well said. So um, just uh, talk about your website and, and the bulk of the work that you do over there. Um, the website's called killology.com. Now there might be people that clutch their pearls and go, oh my stars, what the, what the heck is killology, right? And so, you know, it, well, we have geology, uh, we study rocks and so forth. We have biology where we study you know, not just the human body, but, you know, all, all uh, living creatures. Psychology is the study not of the brain, but of the mind, right? And so tell us a little bit about what it killology is. Killology is a scholarly study of killing. I uh, talk about sexology or suicidology. And, uh, and not homicide, but lawful killing. How do we get uh, a, 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 somebody to pull the trigger in a life and death event? My first book was on killing. It's translated to eight languages, half a million copies sold worldwide. Uh, Google Scholar says it's cited in over 2,500 scholarly works, one of the one of major scholarly impact on our civilization. And, and in a nutshell, uh, we study how we train people to kill. And in World War II, we found out most of the troops wouldn't pull the trigger. It was a training flaw. We taught them to shoot bullseyes. Mm. We had no known case any bullseyes ever attack on our troops. 
If you've been in the U.S. Armed Forces since the Korean War, you never shot a bullseye. A man-shaped silhouette pops in field of view, hit the target, target drop, stimulus response, stimulus response. Like a pilot in a flight simulator, like a kid in a fire drill, modern military training turns killing into a conditioned response. Mm. And we got, we got the vast majority of the troops from not pulling the trigger at the moment or two to pulling the trigger almost without conscious thought, stimulus response. And oh, by the way, the video games are doing the exact same thing to our children. I begin the book with this. I tell people, look, people point some horrible crime. Ah, oh, pros are all killers. No, that, that's an outlier. That's literally one in a million. You explain to me that 99.9% .9 of our citizens will go a lifetime, never kill anybody or see, even seriously try to. Explain that. Divorce, infidelity, layoff, traffic accidents, and less than one in a thousand citizens in a lifetime will even seriously attempt to take a human life. Explain that. Inside most healthy members of our species is a pretty hardwired resistance against killing our own kind. Sociopaths don't have that resistance. Healthy people have to be trained to kill. And oh, by the way, the video games are doing the exact same thing to our children. Mm. And not every kid with a gun is going to kill. Not every kid empowered is going to kill, but we all agree on keeping guns out of the hands of our children. And we should agree on taking these, these violent video games, these empowerment training tools away from our children. We want disciplined, structured use of violence. The old shows, the old movies, the virtuous, honorable message that we used to communicate mm -hmm. is still a virtuous, honorable message to give to our children, not the sick, twisted message in video games and modern movies and, and TV shows. So we talked earlier about the importance of getting kids um, away from the screens and out in nature. And one of those ways uh, to reconnect kids with nature and, and how we as a species go about you know, harvesting food and feeding yeah. ourselves and that sort of thing, that can also be incorporated into firearms training, safe firearms training, family time, uh, firearms training for children, it teaches them discipline and focus and follow through and all the things that we, we really would like them to know, but we have to do it in a, a proper and structured way. And then if we're out hunting with them in nature, all these other benefits are there, then they see the actual real results of when a projectile leaves the end of a firearm in yeah. real life, not in digital world where you, you kill the bad guy and he stands right back up in the next scene, right? None of these killers have been hunters. None of them. Not a single one. Mm -hmm. None of them were in the martial arts. One kid, the kid in Springfield, Oregon, dabbled for a few weeks and dropped out. A video, oh, he had a blue belt. It was the lowest ranking belt. He dabbled and dropped out. The only one that even tried. Mm -hmm. None of these kids were in contact sports. None of these kids were involved in anything. They didn't have a life. And most especially, none of them were competitive shooters and none of them were hunters. Uh, get your child out to the range with structured discipline on a range type, you know, and on the range, you point the gun in the wrong direction, you fire in the wrong time, enormous sanctions come down on you. Uh, take your child hunting and, and let them be exposed to the cycle of life at a young age. Death, we live because things die. Yes. You know, uh, uh, even for your plants to be possible, we, we exterminate millions of rats and mice around the greenery. You're a vegetarian, I'm sorry, but the only thing that keeps our vegetarian alive is exterminating millions of rats and mice around our greeneries and our feed store 
Otherwise, they'd get in there and, and reproduce exponentially, and we would starve to death. The only way we live is by killing. It's a cycle of life, and hunting is a critical piece of the equation. None of, this, none of these killers, none of them, have even remotely done any hunting. None of them have been competitive shooters. That structured, disciplined dynamic is what's missing in their lives. Absolutely. Can you speak at all to um, the effect that it has on the public in general when we are seeing um, the the newscasts where this one event or you know these several events over the last couple of weeks, um, the the murderer in Gilroy, and then the murderer in El Paso, and then the murderer in um, in uh, Michigan. No, Ohio. pardon me. Um, when we're absorbing that, that trauma, right, we're, we're seeing other people who've been, you know, their lives have been wrecked by this. Do we then absorb some of that trauma and carry that forward with us? To a certain degree. I, I think what's an even greater danger is when they turn these killers into celebrities. Every time they say their name, every time they show their picture, they're inciting us that others to do the same. Mm-hmm. And you know that, that, that massacre in New Zealand, they said, we'll never say his name, we'll never show his picture. Finally, somebody gets it. Mm-hmm. Well, our media, look at this latest batch of killers. Mm-hmm. Our media has learned their lesson, I pray. You see them, they're not saying the names, they're not showing their pictures, but they won't talk about the fact that they are self-censoring. They, they won't turn the camera back on themselves. Mm-hmm. The things they will not talk about. Uh, back uh, 30 years ago, they came to an agreement to not talk about teen suicides because if they report teen suicides in the news, they get more teen suicides. So here they are. They've self-centered. Good for them. But they will not talk about it. Mm-hmm. They completely offline to the secret cabal, said, okay, we can't talk about this anymore. We all agree to that and they never turn the camera on themselves. Mm-hmm. Now they've stopped turning these killers into celebrities. They have blood on their hands from what they've been doing, but they will not turn the camera back on themselves. They've made this internal agreement. with overwhelming, irrefutable scientific evidence. Every time they show their name and, and, and uh, show their picture and tell their name, they're inciting others to seek the same kind of fame. Finally, they've agreed it would appear, and yet they refuse to even talk about it. The, 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 insidious evil of the media who who even when they do do the right thing will not turn the camera back on themselves so yes to a certain degree we're all traumatized by these things but think about somebody who grew up in world war ii think about somebody who grew up in like me in vietnam Uh, we had live reporting of incidents Uh, we saw people in combat we uh so this reporting uh, adults can handle that stuff think very carefully about to what degree your children need to see it mm-hmm. uh, and to what degree we need to protect our children from from so much of the bad stuff that's happening in this world especially very young children definitely need to be protected from the news if you've got the news on all the time and your children are absorbing that especially if very young children you got to ask yourself what am i putting in their head what am i feeding to them Yes. I had to learn that lesson um, because of 9-11. My daughter was, um, I think she was nine. I I have to go back and remember exactly how old she was, but she could not handle anything that sounded like a news alert. She would just freeze up. And we lived in Arizona. We were so uh, geographically far removed from New York where it happened. But 
the, the, the fear was it could happen again at any minute. And is this the start of something that's just going to keep going and going? And uh, so I had to stop listening to talk radio for quite a while while she was in the room with me, you know, in the house with me and the news. And um, so that's kind of where my, my question came from is that, you know, are we uh, traumatizing ourselves? We, we need to know what's going on in the world. We need to be informed. But when they go wall to wall with the news cycle for, you know, a 24 hour period or however long they talk about, you know, the El Paso uh, incidents and, and then followed by the ones in Ohio, I, I just, I think that not only is it, possibly traumatizing for us and our children who are in the room, but also maybe it stirs up that next killer to think, well, even if they're not saying his name, look at this publicity, look at what's going on in the world. They have captured wall to wall. Every single word for the next 24 hours is going to be about this guy. I want that. This is called the contagion effect. And we know that. Uh, We know that there's that happening. Again, we can reduce it by refusing to turn the killers into celebrities, but this contagion, violence contagious dynamic uh, is very real. It's there, uh, and the media is taking these particular, you know, we don't report what's happening in Chicago every day, but we, we over-report these tragic events and, and for political purposes. Uh, they have a political agenda and trying to, to blame all this. You know, it's a, the, the one killer in Ohio is a left-wing nutcase, and the one in, in uh and they don't talk about him. They want to pin the whole thing on the current administration. Mm-hmm. When the is that it's, it's happening across this political spectrum of violence, empowerment. The guy that shot up the the Republicans in the baseball, you know, in the in the in the congressional baseball. They don't talk about that one. So just recognize the fact that uh, it it is a factor. We do see the contagion. The overreporting of this violence is a factor. Protecting your children is essential. Mm-hmm. To- you do as an adult from these images. I, I'm a huge fan of getting my news from the written word. I like foxnews.com. I like breitbart.com. I got others that I listen to. I'm a huge science geek, sciencedaily.com. I, I check it through most categories every day. I, I really think uh, I, like when we're driving, we listen to the news. That's good. Uh, news radio. But the rest of the time, it's, it's really good to get your news from the written word mm-hmm. and, to, and to see who we're going to support by our clicks. If we're if we're inviting our clicks to uh, to people whose political goals we don't support, then then we're actually voting with our fingers. And so keep focus on good stuff like this show, like you and your your husband and the great stuff that you're doing. Well, thank you. I so appreciate that, and that is so true because now every click it does represent dollars for this financially driven um, news. Yes. In, it's got to be in quotation marks now because it's very activist driven. Um, all of the big, the big networks. Um, but the the other thing that I was going to say about the that contagion effect. Um, this guy, the one that lived, right, the El Paso guy that lived. If he has any access at all to hearing news, then he knows that what he did has impacted a presidential election. All of these Democratic hopefuls are now fundraising off of his acts. I mean, if that isn't like, I mean, powerful to a, 
a person who felt powerless and voiceless and, you know, disconnected from life. I mean, he is on the world stage now, whether his name gets mentioned or not. And I, I don't know that we can fully understand how dangerous that is for empowering the next person out there that is, is feeling like, wait a minute, uh, what about me? I, I want to have an impact. And if this is how you get an impact, sign me up. I can do that. That's, it's terribly dangerous. And I think we're very yeah. careless. I, I talk to and I train people who are bodyguards at all levels, both politicians and civilians. And, you know, they're, they're a bodyguard for a politician that's a dirtbag. They know it. They despise the person. So what do you do? Why do you put your life on the line for somebody like this? Mm. And they will tell you that I'm not protecting that person's life. Mm. I'm protecting our way of life. Mm. One assassin with a bullet can undo the votes of millions of people. Mm. And what they've actually done is they have destroyed our way of life. They've destroyed our political system. Mm-hmm. Think about that. That's the protector, the sheepdog. If one assassin with a bullet can 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 undo the votes of millions of people, or if you kill this celebrity that's beloved by millions of people, to kill that one person is doing harm to millions of people. To kill that one person is undoing the votes of millions. But what you're saying, and this is important, the same harm that's being done by an assassin is also being done as the media takes these killers and turns it into political fodder. And so not only have they done the harm of taking these lives, they've also done harm to our way of life and our political system through the media and as you will, these, these political contenders using this as, uh, as fodder for their, uh, for their agenda. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we've, uh, I've taken so much of your time. We need to start winding down. You've been very, very generous uh, with your time and your information. Um, I know that you have an event coming uh, here in Phoenix. Uh, it is called the Safe, what is it called? The Safe Schools and Healthy Students Seminar. Uh, it's going to be held on Saturday, September 14th at the Sheraton Crescent Hotel Ballroom in Phoenix, Arizona. There are tickets for sale now. It's an all-day event. Uh, I'll put the link on your guest page at gunfreedomradio.com. Um, but uh, what? who needs to hear what you're going to present uh, on that day? Is it, stu- is it students themselves? Is it parents? Is it teachers? Is it administrators? Who needs to hear this message? You know, that, that presentation is focused on parents, on business owners, on school personnel, on teachers, administrators. Uh, mature teens are always welcome. Uh, spouses are always welcome. Uh, obviously, law enforcement. But, you know, we, we're one of our nation's leading trainers of, of house of worship safety, sheepdogseminars.com. Mm-hmm. Before nine people murdered in a church in Charleston, before 26 people murdered in a church in Texas, we've been teaching House of Worship, Security Seminars, SheepdogSeminars.com. And and what keeps your house of worship safe, keeps your business safe, keeps your school safe, keeps your daycare safe. The next thing we're going to see, I pray that I'm wrong, but Belgium saw a daycare massacre. China's seen repeated daycare massacres. We've got to focus on keeping our daycare safe as well. So anybody, uh, all armed citizens who are looking for empowerment and, and knowledge, uh, law enforcement obviously know my presentation and your spouses. This is really, it, although we use school safety as a, as a forum, 
It, it is the basic uh, house of worship safety, church safety, uh, uh, school safety, uh, dynamic that applies across the board. The, the things that we talk about to keep school safe, we've done in our own home. Laminate film on the glass, on the door, beside the door, so you can't shoot out the glass and reach and open the door. Uh, doesn't do any good to lock the door if somebody can shoot out the glass and reach in and open the door. And so one of the little things we talk about is laminate film. Uh, 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 just that it's in, in your home, in your house of worship, uh, other places where we can get the word out and protect people. Mostly anybody who cares about our children and cares about our way of life. Private schools, I fear that our private religious schools are, are, are targets so far. We've avoided any multiple homicide in a private religious school for a lot of reasons. Mm -hmm. uh, but the internal threat to them is smaller. The external threat is as great as ever. Mm -hmm. For somebody to come to that, uh, that, that daycare or to that, to that church school, uh, they've got to protect themselves and they've got to learn what they need to do. And denial has no value. Uh, that's what is going to happen during this presentation. Any American citizen who wants to be empowered, who wants to be part of the answer, who wants to protect their loved ones, uh, this is what we recommend the, the presentation to. Very good. And it's also, it's sponsored by the AZ CDL Foundation and Faster Saves Lives, which is a group out of Ohio that's been teaching and training faculty, administration, and staff, um, not, not only the armed response and situational awareness, but also the medical, the trauma uh, medical, like you were talking about earlier with the, uh, the tourniquets, yeah. how, how we can take measures immediately in the immediacy of an emergency situation to um, save lives of people that have been uh, injured. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be, um, you know, a, an armed attacker. It can be somebody in shop class, right? Yeah. If we don't know how to, how to help. On that, Cheryl, you talked about that. Uh, Faster had been trading in Ohio and Colorado, Arizona, and 85% and of all counties in Ohio now have some armed indicators. But did you know that? I didn't know that. Didn't know that. Uh, ever since Columbine, schools across Utah, that how many? Nobody knows. It's completely decentralized. Mm -hmm. The individual principal, the individual superintendent makes a call. But ever since Columbine, there have been armed indicators in virtually every school in Utah with 100% success. 85% of all kiddos in Ohio have some armed educators. Why isn't that in the news? Yeah. When we talk about arming educators, we act like it's some weird, goofy idea when the truth is it's being done nationwide with great success. Dr. John Lott released a study three months ago. There has never been a homicide in a school during the school day with armed educators. It costs nothing. The entire state of, of Ohio 85% of all counties have armed educators in their schools and it cost them nothing. Uh, the teacher's gun, the teacher's ammo, and the training was donated or the training was funded by outside people to make it possible. So there are things we can do and then faster is part of the answer there. We'll be talking more about them during that conference. The, the idea that we can armed educators, everybody thinks it's like some revolutionary goofy idea because it has been censored. And the fact that it's being done nationwide with great success is vital info that we all need to have to properly apply our resources. Absolutely. And you know how you know it's had 100% success? Because you haven't heard it in the news. And I guarantee you, if there was any kind of a, a blip on the radar, they would be all over that. Do I yes. lie? <laughs> I'm going to steal that from you. I'm going to start using that. It's, yes, absolutely.
Wow. Absolutely. Um, so, and, and the other thing is that, you know, people get, they get locked up when they think, what do you mean arming teachers? Like they're one dimensional creatures that can only live inside of a classroom. Well, for me personally, I, I'm not an educator, but what I say is whatever my day job is, I am going to be armed because that I'm trained, I'm responsible. So I'm going to be armed. So why would you, if my day job was a, being an educator, why would you disarm me? Yeah, and even more so with children. It's burned into our neurons to die for our children. Mm -hmm. The Sandy Hook School Massacre, the first one to die was the principal, charged in the killer. The second one to die was the school psychologist, charged in the killer. Third one to die was a teacher blocking the door at their body. Mm -hmm. An elementary school principal told me one time, she said, I will die for my children tomorrow. Give me something besides my keys, my hand, when that day comes. Yeah. Those words, they haunt me. It, it, you got to recognize those teachers will die for their kids. I mean, what, 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 did those, what did they accomplish at Sandy Hook? Nothing. They were another body count. They weren't even a speed bump. Mm -hmm. But they laid their life down on just a remote chance of ta tackling this killer and taking the gun away. Uh, I, I, those, they will die for those children. Let's give them something besides our keys to hand when that day comes. Absolutely. And certainly the state of Arizona should be ahead of Ohio in arming educators right now. And yet every, everybody thinks it's some weird wacko idea when it's been done with great success over 20 years. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with that more. And uh, in the, the Parkland High School shootings, there was that coach who placed his body between the armed assailant and students. And I don't know that he would have been one that would have, um, because with Faster, you, you not only have to volunteer, but you have to be nominated by your fellow uh, staff members. So you can't just get, you know, Mr. Smith, who's just a little too eager to be armed, right? Or, you know, so there is this whole process. But, and I don't know if he would have been that person who would have self-selected into being an armed teacher. But I have to believe that if you're going to stand between an armed assailant and your students, that he, he already demonstrated that I am willing and able to protect and die uh, these for these students. Give him something, yes. right? So that he isn't, and, and the other thing is that whatever number he was in that, that horrible murder, uh, spree that this person went on, if he had been an armed staff member, it probably would have stopped right then. We have no way of knowing, but we can, we can anticipate and guess it would have stopped right then. So number, if he was number five, then, then the sixth person killed and the seventh person killed and the eighth person killed, yeah. they would be alive today. Even more so Cheryl, even more so the killer probably wouldn't even have tried it if he knew there are people that, that could yes. shoot. Exactly. The greatest achievement is a crime that didn't happen. We can never measure in all these armed educators and all these schools, the greatest achievement is a crime that didn't happen because the kid knows there's people going to shoot back. Exactly. And those things are unknowable, so we can't measure them. And so the other side gets to have more and more sound bites about, you know, this gun violence number that also includes the times that, you know, armed citizens have used their firearms to save lives and defend lives. They lump all of that together. And so we can't know how many school shootings or mall shootings or synagogue shootings or church shootings or whatever have been stopped because 
an armed populace, an armed society is a much more polite and safe society. One, one angle on that. When did the word shooting become a term for mass murder? Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. We, we, we've got to stop blaming it on the object. Massacre is a good word. Massacre is a good old word. But see how we've been trapped by the language that's been fed to us. Yes. When we use the word shooter to refer to a mass murderer, you know, I, I tell everybody, and, and from the current administration pushing down, stop using the phrase active shooter response. Yes. Right? And whenever somebody uses the phrase active shooter response, mock them and tell them we'd be real busy during deer season. You know, we'd be out to the range every day. You know, we, we're in a state full of active shooters, you know, and we're yeah. going to take action before he fires a shot. And there's yeah. other ways besides the guns he might choose to kill us. And so active assailant. And whenever you hear that phrase, you know, uh, shooting being used as a mass murder, uh, kind of stop yourself. It took me a year to retrain myself. It took me a year to retrain myself and get that completely out of my language. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about this mass murder, this massacre as a shooting, we've fallen into their hands. Mm -hmm. You know, words control the debate. Are they illegal immigrants or are they undocumented, are illegal aliens or undocumented immigrants? You know, so the words control the debate. And the right. one thing we can control is the words come out of our mouth. And, uh, and, and so that's kind of a final point, to recognize how we're constantly at war, how we we're being fed, the very words we're being fed, when we call these murders, these massacres, shootings, yeah. is anti-gun propaganda come out of our mouth and we don't even recognize it. And all your listeners out there, we can make a difference starting with the very words that come out of your mouth. Amen. And thank you so much for, um, for saying that and, and reminding me, uh, because I, I try to focus on the action. It was murder. Yes. That's already illegal. It's already immoral. It's already horrible. It's not, uh, it, it, so yes, you're correct. And the other word that we've tried really hard, especially being firearm store owners, is to excise the phrase assault rifle and assault weapon. Assault is an, is an action, it's an aggressive action, and we sell tools of defense, we sell tools of sporting, we sell tools of hunting, and yeah. it is offensive to me to call these things that, that I sell to law-abiding American citizens an assault anything. Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, just to wrap up again, we're going to see you in Phoenix, Arizona very, very soon on Saturday, September 14th, 2019. And uh, the tickets for this event, it is an all-day event. There's going to be a special VIP reception to meet and greet with you between 8 and 9 a.m. And then general admission starts at 9 and goes until 5 Um Tickets will be available on the, when we go to gunfreedomradio.com, click the guest tab, choose Colonel Dave Grossman on that page. The, the tickets are available and we are so excited. I am absolutely going to mark out my entire day and be there. And uh, I look very much forward to all that you have uh, to teach us during that day. Yeah, looking forward to it. God bless and all the best to you and your your wonderful businesses and your your awesome listeners who are seeking deeper knowledge and bypassing the the uh, the, the barricade of knowledge that has been set up by our mass media. God bless you.
Thank you. God bless you as well. And we've mentioned a lot of websites during this show, and I will put all of those on your guest page. Uh, but your, your main one is killology.com. All of the books that you've written and co-written and that you recommend to others are on that site. Also, you're on uh, Facebook, I believe, at Killology. Uh, or is it, what, what's your Facebook page? It's probably Dave Gross. <laughs> Joe, what's my Facebook page? Right. <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Perfect. All right. Spelled, multi, spelled out. Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman spelled out. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much for all your time. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for your service to our country uh, and your continued service to our country with all that you're teaching us. Colonel you, Dave Grossman. So God bless you. Bye-bye. God bless you.